Hello. Welcome. We are the intern ministers at Community Church of New York in Manhattan. We are Unitarian Universalists in the process of becoming ordained clergy. In this podcast, we delve into the life of an intern minister. We explore the ways our lives and internships intersect and how this is ministerial formation. I'm Megan Henry. I'm Carrie McAvoy. And we're, and we're revving, revving up. up. Wow. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to the second season of Revving Up. I'm Megan Henry, and this is Carrie McAvoy, and we are so excited to be with you. Yeah, it's so great to be back here on the second season. It's hard to, so hard to, hard to believe. And uh, as always, we'd love, this is a conversation, and we'd love you to keep in touch with us with questions or comments or whatever we're here so some ways to contact us would be to email us at podcast at ccny.org we also have a facebook group it's called revving up that's uh just one v and uh so just go to your facebook groups and go to revving up and also just like in season one we are going to be Looking forward to another live event sometime in December. So definitely keep yourself, keep the lines of communication open for that exciting event. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to that. That was one of my favorite things that we did last season. Wasn't that fun? That and it was, was really great because we had all been separate for so long and then we all got together in the same room and we had our folks like watching live and commenting live and getting involved in the live community together. It was just super, super fun. So I'm really looking forward to that in December. In the meantime, though, let's talk about what we did this summer. So <laughs> we can write in, we, instead of writing an essay, we'll do like a little verbal report. Um, so Carrie, um, what did you do this summer? So I had um, both a relaxing, well, I guess a, I took a class that was really amazing. And I also did four worship services to wow. congregation and two at community church. And it was really great. I just got to kind of talk about things that, that uh, came out of things that I was learning in seminary. And then I got to take a walk in the woods and I videotaped that and created a service around that. So it was really a way to kind of expand my horizons in, in worship planning. So that was really great. And then I also got to officiate my first two weddings. Wow, congratulations. Yes, yes. So it was really, it just seems like every opportunity is um, ripe for deepening what it means to be a minister and how I feel being a minister. And so it was just really, really a great summer. How about you? What did you do this summer? Carrie, it's so interesting that you said all of that because I feel like like we're definitely seminarians in formation, right? Because I'm like, yeah, my summer was all about feeling more like a minister too. And I, so I did my uh, unit of clinical pastoral education over the summer. Um, at the end of that, I 
um, I don't know if officiated is the right word. I presided over two memorials and graveside memorials that were ashes internments um, at, at Greenwood Cemetery in Brooklyn, New York. And um, so you did weddings, I did memorials, um, which is interesting because I think that for both of us, we did, the things came to us that we needed to do and get experience in, mm -hmm. right? Um, cause I've done weddings before, but I haven't done, I'd only done like one memorial. So it was kind of, kind of neat. And the clinical pastoral education, the CPE unit was really the big, big thing that I spent, um, 11 weeks on this summer and it was amazing. Yeah. I remember I did my CPE, uh, a couple, uh, last summer and um, I was one of the very few programs that was able to do it in person in a hospital setting. And it was uh, transformational. And I don't know, um, it'd be really fun to kind of compare experiences about your CPE and my CPE experiences, because it really was the moment where I felt like a minister. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that rings true for you. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, so my CPE was at Bellevue Hospital um, in Manhattan, and I live about a mile away. So I walked to and from every day, which was a really great spiritual practice for me um, and built into you know five and six days a week. The, that, that walking was really important and helpful for me to process and, and help me be present and grounded on the way to the hospital. And then to kind of process and um, come down <laughs> on the way away from the hospital. And so, so yeah, so let's, let's do that. Let's talk about our, our different experiences. Um, Cause I also had that feeling of like, oh, I feel like um, I can see, you know, I, I felt more hmm, authority as a spiritual care provider um, through the experience of clinical pastoral education. And one of the things I wanted to say about it is some people might not really know what CPE is, this clinic, clinical pastoral education. Um, mine was a traditional, like first CPE unit. So I, I and, and it was in a level one trauma hospital. And I, I chose Bellevue Hospital because it is the hospital is the city hospital of New York City. It's kind of iconic. Like I remember as a kid, if you'd see like a sitcom and you can go back and see these, you didn't have to be a kid growing up when this was happening, but you know, like you'd see like, a, like I don't know, Night Court or something like that. And they'd be like, you're going to Bellevue or something like that. It was just kind of like iconic. You'd hear that like Bellevue is the name that you hear for hospitals. So it was kind of exciting to have an opportunity to go there, but also because once I found out the mission of the hospital, I was just floored. I mean, they don't, they don't turn anyone away. Um, you do not have to have health insurance to receive top-notch care at this medical facility. And, you know, there's just, it's a, it's every like gunshot wounds are coming into the emergency bay. There's, you know, it's just very, very like busy and hectic and they have multiple, um, psych units where they're, they have a, um, I'm not exactly sure what goes for like the children. Like there's a kind of, it's kind of a 
intermediary like children's unit where if there's children or teens or minors who are there because of some sort of psych reason, um, oftentimes it's suicide attempts or suicidal ideation. And they'll be there for a, a few days and get treated. And, and there's a whole team that works with them before they then figure out where they should go from there. Um, I didn't work on that unit, but I did work on an adult psych unit. And I also worked on a medical floor. So what happens as a CPE student is, I mean, I came in and like, I've been in a hospital, like, I don't know, four times in my life. Like I have no hospital experience, but because of the mission of Bellevue serving everyone and giving, you know, equal, really good care to people from all different backgrounds. I was really attracted to going there because I feel like in my ministry with most Unitarian Universalist congregations that I might happen to serve, I feel like the population is, is more like, um, more people who have families, who have support systems, have money, have insurance, health insurance through their work or, you know, through the marketplace or something like that, as opposed to working with, you know, people who are housing insecure, living in shelters and coming in off the street. Um, it was just a different population that I was able to interact with and serve and get to know, which I felt like was really important for rounding out my own ministry skills. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about your experience and we can do some comparing and contrasting. Yeah, I think um, our placements were fairly similar. I did my CPE at uh, Bridgeport Hospital, which is the city hospital for Bridgeport, which I think is the largest um, city in Connecticut. And uh, the population was very similar to the, the population you were serving in your CPE. It's um, a population that is different than the populations that I've worked with in um, my the UU congregations I've been involved with. So, um, and there was something really important about the, I, I intentionally chose that for the same, similar reasons to, to your selection um, as well, because I wanted that um, experience with all kinds of people with, in, in all stages of wherever they are suffering. Um, of course, it's Bridgeport, Connecticut, so we didn't have as large, it's not as large of a hospital. Um, I did spend some time um, on call going to the trauma room. I think it's a level two trauma there, but I did, but I did see some traumas and um, we were assigned certain units. Uh, so I was in the burn unit and um, just a medical floor. And then we took some turns do leading groups for the, for the psych units, uh, both geriatric and adult psych. And while I was there, um, this was 20, summer of 2020, we had very little pediatrics. The pediatric um, cases were sent to uh, New Haven. Mm -hmm. So um, they were just transitioning out of pretty much all the floors being COVID. And, and when I was there, the, the COVID numbers were going down. So those units were getting um, cycled back into their more traditional um, emphases. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I thought was really interesting because I didn't really know much about CPE when I started into it. <laughs> and it was like, oh yeah. I mean, I, I had watched something, some like info things about it. So I knew some, but there there's 400 hours that must be accomplished during this 11 or 12 week time period. Um, and it's 300 hours that are clinical. 
So that's 300 hours in that time period of going and directly working with clients. So, you know, knocking on the door, sticking your head in the room. Hi, I'm Megan. I'm the intern chaplain. Would you like to speak with the chaplain today? And just, you know, getting in the door, just, you know, introducing oneself and getting in the door and then being there to listen um, as folks are talking about what's going on with them and giving them, you know, a kind listening ear. Um, And then also like the other elements of praying with people, which was really, um, I found that really incredible because as a person who grew up in a fairly like, um, I would say like not super religious household, although I went, I was a you raised UU and we went to UU um, church and I went to UU summer camp and stuff like that, but I didn't really pray um, as a child and I wasn't taught how to pray. I did encounter prayer in high school and was like, oh, okay, this is like a new thing for me talking to God. But this summer I talked to God with people and on behalf of people um, a lot, like multiple times a day. So I feel like God and I now are like having this like much closer relationship, (laughs) which was really, really interesting for me. And one of the things that I did at the end of my unit, we had to do six verbatim, which I can, that's the whole thing. But, um, at the end, we had a choice. We, our sixth one, we could do a variety of different kinds of things. We could choose which one we wanted to do. So I did a verbatim with God because I was like, I've been talking with God all summer. I might as well have a conversation with God and put it the dialogue down on paper, do a spiritual reflection about this conversation, and then um, share that with my learning cohort and my um, supervisor, my educator, so that, you know, I can see how much I've grown from when I came in at the beginning being like, I'm uncomfortable in hospitals. I'm kind of afraid of them. I don't deal well in this environment. It's very institutional and cold and ugh, yucky. And so I don't feel comfortable here. And I'm not like, I'm not a person who prays like this every day. So all of these new things. Um, and then by the end of it, you know, at 11 weeks being able to be like, yes, I'm having a conversation with God. It was just like huge growth, um, even in just that way, but there were many other ways in which I felt like I grew a lot. Yeah, the the praying thing was really interesting for me too. Um, I came from a Catholic background where um, if we pray, it's prescribed. Uh, So we say the same words every single time. And um, so coming into a situation to where I basically offered a prayer every time I left the room uh, because that seemed to be what, I mean, unless they were, uh, I I gathered that they were not religious at all, but most of them were. So I would always offer a prayer at the end because it's, and, and it's not, you know, there were a lot of Catholic patients at this hospital. So that part was pretty comfortable. I I could pull out the, the Catholic prayers and felt comfortable with that. But um, I found prayer a way to indicate that I was listening Mm -hmm. and um, to really, it it, it was a really powerful moment. Uh, Sometimes I felt like I was just, you know, calling it in, but the patient was really moved by it. So Mm -hmm. it was um, a really profound moment to 
basically um, what I tried to do was pull in all of the things that they were telling me and what they were struggling with and what their situation was and just lift it up and say, you know, I, I'm here, I'm listening and I am offering your interest. I, I'm offering whatever it is to the universe to, because um, I want you to feel like um, there's, there's something to connect to. There's some, some source of hope for you. Uh, so it was really, really profound. Yeah. And, um, and a, definitely a learning, a learning uh, opportunity for me coming from a similar background to you, except that the prayers that I, that I did were proscribed from my mm -hmm. growing up background. And then the other thing is that um, I would also want, I, when I offered a prayer, I would ask them if they wanted to pray because there's a lot you can gain from the way someone prays. And one of my favorite things was when we would pray together, we would, they would just, they would start talking too. And so we would start bouncing off of one another in the prayer. Uh -huh. It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really cool. I didn't really do much of that, but um, because I, I just was really wanting to know how they pray because there's so many different ways to pray. Mm -hmm. particularly yeah. from traditions that aren't my own so um yeah so yeah prayer was a really powerful moment it was and and one of the things I recognized is um that because there are in in the in the hospital where I was serving at Bellevue there's a spiritual care department the director of the spiritual care department is a rabbi and the um multitude of the kind, like, like there's a lot of different kinds of chaplains that are on staff. So there's, they have, um, a Carmelite monk, they have an imam and they have, um, Protestant and Jewish. And then they have residents who come in and spend either nine months or a whole year doing um, chaplaincy. And they are from all different backgrounds. And they choose, I can tell that they choose people to create a religiously diverse cohort. So it's never like in my experience, they try very hard not to have just everybody all being, you know, like, Protestant Christians, or even just like Catholic and Protestant Christians, but like mixing it up a little bit. So in my educational cohort, the people who I was with, who were all doing one unit together, there were six of us. Um, there was another Carmelite monk. Um, there was a um, UCC. There was um, Episcopalian. And there was Eastern Orthodox and um, Jewish and me, Unitarian Universalist. There were six of us, I was the oldest, everyone was 30 or under, except for me. And the, our, not only is the head of the spiritual care department um, a rabbi, but because the person who was going to lead my cohort left like two weeks before we were starting, um, our director had to bring in someone else to be our educator so that she, you know, she could salvage this program that we had all like signed up for and we were planning on doing. And she brought in a good friend of hers and colleague who was also um, a rabbi. And um, she was amazing. Someone who um, I think started the um, Rikers prison chaplaincy program at Jewish Theological Seminary. 
and she'd been um, a practicing rabbi and then became a full-time chaplain at Rikers and had done that for like 20 years or something. Like she's just very, very experienced. So it was incredible. Um, the kind of diversity of religious thought um, and practices that I found, um, I just love being in an interfaith environment. It's just really, it was so, it really deepened my own experience and my own understanding of religion and spirituality by us sharing and talking a lot about, we all supported one another. It was a very sweet group. It was really, really good. I felt very lucky and happy to be in that group. Yeah, my cohort was great too. Um, there was myself, Unitarian Universalist. There was another UU and there were three Episcopalians, two at the same school. And then there was an Eastern Orthodox uh, young man and the uh, supervisor is, is a rabbi. And then the, the it's also a director of spiritual care at Bridgeport and the um, director of the program is Eastern Orthodox. So um, yeah, so it was uh, not as, I mean, it was, it was diverse for sure. And, um, and I loved that it was, and I, and they tried to be intentional about it. Uh, although it was a, it was a challenging year for CPE in so many ways. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people who would have been participants backed out because it was COVID mm -hmm. and then others were really keen on doing it because it was COVID and needed, and they really wanted to do it such as myself. So, um, yeah, so there was always this. Well, I was able to help the um, the Christians in the group kind of frame things from a more interfaith perspective, because as a UU, I'm, I'm very comfortable in that space. And I kind of um, was jealous of their prayer books. Like they had oh, they yeah. them all in one book. And I'm like, we don't have a book. <laughs> it's everything. <laughs> um, and then there was always that moment when I came through the door and the patient was trying to figure out where I was coming from. Like there's this woman who's coming in says she's a chaplain and some, some traditions have no idea what a chaplain is. Um, so trying to let them know and try to be really low key about where I was coming from so that I could lift up, I'm here for you. Uh, so they would, if they asked me where, what my faith tradition was, I would, I would say it very quickly and just turn it right back to them because so, so trying to come in as being open to wherever they are coming in in a white female middle-aged person's body which which has its own perceived baggage or or um, assumptions and um, really trying to come in as a guest and as someone that was there to help them make sense from wherever their tradition was. It was, it was a really interesting kind of way to come into a room. Yeah, I would say, um, oh, I'm Unitarian Universalist and I'm, um, I, I am an interfaith chaplain. So I am able to talk to anyone of any different faith or no faith at all. And so that was helpful for some people. I actually, Really, we talked, we talked about this when people would get rejected, like when we say like, I'm a chaplain, would you like to talk? And somebody would say no. And very early on, we talked about it in our, in our cohort. And one of the things that I um, really loved was something that our educator said was that, you know, people who are in the hospital, 
have very little agency. And many of the people who we are serving, especially in this hospital, are people who do not um, have a lot of power and authority in their own environments and lives. So the best thing that the chaplain can do for someone who says no is to respect what they say and let them let them determine whether or not they want somebody to talk to them instead of forcing them into another thing that they don't want to do. Giving them the agency of saying no and respecting it and walking away politely is the greatest gift to that person in that moment. That's what they, that's, you know, so I just thought that was a really cool way of framing it. Um, and also just, you know, being a person who was, you know, um, oftentimes the people I was, serving in the hospital were, many of them were very religious um, and very like deeply, like had very deep and full prayer lives in, and, and had an idea about what it meant, means to be religious and how to pray. So it was like you said, Carrie, you know, listening to them and how they prayed was a really a cool educational experience also, but, and also just like a way to get into a spiritual space that opened was an opening and an understanding of different ways of being spiritual and having conversations with the divine. Um, it was very beautiful. Yeah, I remember um, I was talking to a, a, a reverend friend of mine before I went into CPE and he said something about a chaplain being the um, conduit to the divine, mm. uh, to divine love. Mm. And so when he told me that, I kind of freaked out. I'm like, what does that feel like? I mean, can I do that? And so I would spend time meditating and trying to tap into what that felt like. And I couldn't. So I felt like I was broken and that I was never going to be a successful um, uh, chaplain. But then, you know, it's kind of like an electrical wire. It needs somewhere to flow before it flows. So um, it, it didn't happen every time, but there were moments where I felt that energy, like that connection, that compassion, that love. And I would, and it, and I was just in the moment so deeply and then I would just get out of it and I, I was completely disoriented and I just fell in love with the whole world. Mm. Was it, does that kind of experience ring true for you at all? Oh, definitely. I mean, I many times had the experience of walking out of the hospital and half, you know, half a mile later, on the way home, realizing that like, I'm just wide open to the world right now. Like I've got to start, you know, I, not closing off to the world, but just recognizing that when I walk out of the hospital, I'm just so open to receiving everything that's coming in. And sometimes that could be really overwhelming, but I got in so many really sweet and heartfelt and lovely conversations with people on my way out of the hospital because I was in that receiving an open space. And it's just so, you know, one of the, one of the spiritual reflections that I did for one of my verbatims was around this idea of in Buddhism um, of 
you know, thinking about uh, the whole world and thinking about all how much we are interconnected and interdependent. Uh, and when I, no matter who it is that I'm interacting with on the street, in a store, um, on the bus, uh, in the hospital, in my spiritual home, my congregation, what I, what is happening if I can see the person I'm interacting with as in this principle of we are all interconnected and this person one time was my mother. This person one time was my child. This person one time was... Um, I, you know, was my grandmother. So just this way of like looking at a person and recognizing the oneness um, in, that interconnects all of us. And that was something that I felt and that I could articulate as a Unitarian Universalist. When I say we are all one and we are all loved, we are Unitarian and we are Universalist. I, I could relate that to the other people in my cohort who are not UU and who are very curious about what is Unitarian Universalism, but ways that I could explain it were through these things like this story of um, the Buddha explaining that we have all been related to one another from previous lives or you know that we're all interconnected, that I was able to draw on the different world's religious teachings in order to explain um, and help the other people in my cohort kind of understand what I would mean when I would talk about these things. Um, and that's how I would do my spiritual reflections, which was really helpful for me as a UU because they, each of them are, had a very strong religious traditional background. And so, so they would use a text um, as their spiritual reflection, like this is like Job, or this is like when Moses this or that, or this is like when Aaron, you know, so they had very specific stories from their texts that they could draw upon. And I really wanted to kind of, I, I enjoy being able to open it up and think about other traditions outside of Judaism and Christianity that we could draw upon. So I felt like that in some ways that was a little bit of my contribution to the overall group discussions and spiritual reflections, which I was very grateful for my UU upbringing and context and grounding um, and work as a religious educator where I've explored so many of these stories. Um, and as we were leaving, they were like, you have so many great stories. We need to know where you, where you get all these stories because <laughs> um, we learn so well through stories, right? Mm -hmm. And also there's the sacred text of human experience. Oh, yeah. 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 That's a that's beautiful. Mm. I think we all, both of us, wrote a bunch on that sacred text in our CPE experiences. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah. And I'm really enjoying this, um, the sacred text of this human experience with you and having these conversations. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. It's, um, I feel like there's so much more we could talk about on our chaplain yeah experiences and then yeah everything else you know weddings yeah we have a whole season to be continued right yes, to be continued yes, because I'm all of these things from CPE are bubbling up that I'm like oh I should tell I should talk about this and I should talk about that and this is what but there's we don't have enough time no, I think no. I think we should wrap things up today and mm -hmm. we will 
you know, keep talking. We'll talk again next week. We'll keep reaching out. And we love to hear from our listeners and viewers. So please um, remember to reach out to us on the Revving Up Facebook group or podcast at ccny.org. And we'd love to hear from you. So thanks for listening and thanks for watching. And we just look forward to having a whole nother conversation all this season. Amen. Amen.